The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Father Joseph Sunday. Father Joseph. How are we doing? Very well, thanks. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Howdy, Dom. Folks, before we get into the show, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash secrets. Uh, before we get into our discussion today, I've got another one of my tales of woe. This is a good one. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, the two days, Monday, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. On Monday... I'm having my lunch, as I do, and I'm sitting at the, the, the dining room table, and I start hearing this beeping coming from the office. Now, previously, my son had asked if he could vacuum under my desk here in my, uh, you know, in the office, and I said, sure, that, that's a nice thing for an 11-year-old boy to offer to do for his dad. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, but I'm hearing this beeping coming from the office. I'm like, that sounds like the UPS, the uninterruptible power supply, the battery backup. Why would that be going off? Uh, maybe he accidentally unplugged the the, the uh, UPS while he was vacuuming. Uh, so I get up, I come in, and I see him dabbing with a towel at my desk. Why is he? Oh no! Why is he wiping the desk? Why is the desk wet? What is going on? Oh my gosh! He spilled an entire glass of iced tea on my desk, and he didn't yell for me to come and get it to to come in. So it was pouring off the back of my desk, right down into the battery backup, the UPS, frying it like crazy all over the power, the power strips and the plugs. I was frantically pulling uh, plugs and everything. <sighs> I was, I was freaking out. I I carried the UPS out to the back patio and pulled the batteries. Cause I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, this is, I don't want this in the house. And um, I now have a brand new UPS sitting to my left and a brand new power strip and my new mug with a lid and there a straw. <laughs> yes. Uh, Set up your drinks around your computers. Yes. I mean, I have to have a drink here when I'm podcasting because I get, you know, your throat gets dry. And I've always been very careful. I've, I haven't ever had a spill of my own, but I never I didn't take into account. My son, I don't. I still haven't got out of him how it actually happened. If he maybe like smashed the desk with his head as he was underneath or something, and that knocked it over. But I had to also then triage and try to figure out how to plug everything back in with you know uh, scavenged power supplies from around the house. And oh, it was that was a frantic few minutes. Yeah, I think my worst example of that is I enjoy a, a good cup of coffee for my seven a.m. Zoom meetings. And uh, at 6.59, I knocked that cup of coffee right over myself. Oh. And (laughs) so you just just do the meeting covered in coffee, but... From the uh, from the waist up, uh, no one could tell. So <laughs> no one could tell this that you're been... scalded. Yeah, <laughs> Victor, why is your face so yeah. red and you're sweating? Yeah. Hey, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> oh, Best man. ones play hurt. <laughs> that's Ooh. right. That's right. So yeah, the the I, I I'm not sure there was a way I could I could set up this desk. It's an IKEA desk, which is big, big flat surface. Yeah. To that that the liquid couldn't run off the back, but I I just know that if he yelled out or kind of got me, we could have stopped the flood before it was too late. But it was it was just time for that UPS to die, right? I mean, yeah, it was only you know two year two years old. <laughs> that's that's about when they give out, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's say that's what it was. I don't think it was even two years old. Poor thing. Yeah. Oh man, now I got to figure out how to get rid of it. How do you dispose of the you know the big batteries? I got to find a battery recycler. Yeah, that's, that's a big pain. My basement's filled with dead UPSs and their batteries that I'm going to fix someday. <laughs> yes, that's I, I like that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we all have that little corner of the things that yep. need to be fixed. 
several several rectory basements actually <laughs> when it gets filled up when it gets filled up you just move to a new parish i guess <laughs> there you go honey it's time to move we need a new house yeah. Oh man! So uh, let's let's get into the main topic of our show and, and leave this tale of woe behind. Uh, we're talking today about focus modes, and focus modes is a relatively new thing for a lot of different computers and a little a lot of different operating systems. Uh, iOS has had focus modes. Mac OS now has it as well, and they sync between your phone and your tap, your iPad and your Mac. Uh, Android has focus modes. I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Windows has focus modes yet. Does it? Windows does have a focus mode. It's hidden over in the um, little control center. Um, okay. So there are, it's more of a do not disturb mode than a focus mode, but okay. it's somewhat. Right, right. So we're going to, we're going to focus pun intended, on iOS and Android focus modes uh, this time. And we, we want to talk a little bit about how to get it set up. But then how then some ideas, some tips for how to use them effectively, uh, because I've been using them for ages and I, I want to, you know, kind of talk about how I use them. And maybe that'll give you some ideas. But to set them up, let me just talk about how to do it like on a on an iPhone. It's it's really easy. So if you open up your phone and you go to the settings app and there should be. You scroll down a little bit, and lo and behold, there's a setting called Focus. And when you, you click on that, there will be some focus modes that come preset. There's a Do Not Disturb. There's Driving, uh, Personal, Sleep, and Work. Um, now, the Driving one is it'll turn on automatically if your car has CarPlay or if you connect your phone to your car via Bluetooth while you're driving. Uh, the uh, the Sleep one will c- turn on automatically if you've set up sleep modes in the health app and you especially if you have a wristwatch um and like my phone goes into sleep mode automatically during you know certain hours between like 10, i think i have it 10 30 to 6 i think it is um and so on and the other ones are more manual but you can automate them um i have uh set up a few of my own that are specific to my situation but one of the thing, nice things about it is that you can um with iOS 16, you can say only allow these people to be able to contact me when this focus mode is on or exclude, allow everyone but these people when this focus focus mode is on. Uh, like if you if you just have some some people that you just do not want to be able to reach you during sometimes um, you can have apps that can't that are not allowed to alert you and apps that are or the apps that. Only these ones can can send you notifications. You can have them customize your screens. Like you have a, you can have it when I turn on personal focus mode, change my lock screen to this. I have a I could have a custom home screen, like a, you know the home page of the apps. Even your watch, your Apple Watch, can be changed. Um, you can have it activate on a schedule or when you're in a particular location. Uh, you can have it filter your inboxes, which is nice. And not just your mail inbox, but other apps that might have inboxes can access that as well. So, you know, when you're in a personal focus mode, it won't show you your your work mail or vice versa. Uh, so those are all really nice. Uh, the one thing that kind of annoys me a little bit is the driving focus mode will only let you set custom lock screen and watch won't let you set a custom home screen because, of course, you're not supposed to use your phone when you're driving, except we all need to be able to, say, access maps or whatever. And it would be nice to have like a, a custom lock screen that's just my maps and, you know, and or, you know, uh, maybe music or something. I, I know you're not supposed to touch it, but if, it, if you could have it just be maps, there are plenty of times when I'm driving and it's like I've got maps open, I've set a destination and whatever reason the maps app closes and then i gotta fiddle with it to get it back open again it would be nice if there was one icon it was just maps anyway get on an apple so um (laughs) so my my driving actually has a um customized lock screen set lock screen but not home screen oh okay yeah okay that's the thing yeah i mean the lock screen is fine but you can't put apps on the lock screen although you can put the map lock screen widget so that might work actually now that i think about it or or could you make us could you make a special home screen because you get a whole bunch of them that's just like the maps app on it 
and that's like your main one so that when you unlock your phone, I don't know. Well, that's the that's the idea. But yeah. yeah. My guess is the reason they're doing that is because they don't want to stop you from getting a car with Apple CarPlay in it. <laughs> well, you, I, your I focus suppose, screen yeah. is your Apple CarPlay for that. Right. Well, I mean, they they don't want the liability of letting of encouraging people to play with their phone screens while they're driving. I think that's that's I'm sure that's the big reason. I mean, in a lot of seats, that's frankly, it's illegal. So they, they don't want the liability of that. But um, you could you could set up your own like home screen page with just the app and manually switch to it when you get in the car. I mean, that that's entirely uh, possible. and I, I could do that. Um, but I, I kind of like the idea of the custom lock screen with the maps lock screen widget that might actually work uh that that i think that could be good uh I'll, i'm gonna give that a try so how do you set it up on uh on an android device yeah i can't i can't speak for all android devices but i did try it today on my samsung galaxy phone um the process is a little different for uh google pixel phones but Essentially, it's the same. You go to settings and uh, on a Samsung phone, it's called a digital well-being and parental controls. And it sounds like a lot of the options are the same. You have your your work mode, your your me time mode, your bedtime mode, your screen time mode, um, your comfort care, which, uh, you know, locks the volume or certain things while you're driving. And then um, the parental controls on on a Galaxy phone are also underneath this bucket. Um, and that's just, I think, standard Google parental controls that that they do there. Um, and so I did try this today. Um, I set it up and uh, it works on kind of a uh, you have to kind of whitelist apps that you want to be able to access and send you notifications when you're in these focus modes. So I set it up with a couple apps and I think within about 20 minutes, I dropped out of focus mode because there was an app I wanted to use that wasn't yeah. in focus mode. So the, I think the point of these things is that you have to be disciplined enough to, to use them. Um, and I'm just not, not there yet. It does seem kind of funny that you buy this phone and then you specifically like restrict certain functionality <laughs> of it, <laughs> but right. I, I could see it being a, like a powerful thing and I'll, I will give it another try and keep, keep trying at it until I, uh, until I, uh, until I can use it. And then just like, um, you know, there's a bedtime mode where it, it, you know, it makes the screen go all grayscale so the apps don't look as shiny and as appealing um, to you when you're supposed to be sleeping. I like that idea. I mean, the, the, yeah. you can you can manually switch your phone, your iPhone to uh, to grayscale uh, in the accessibility settings. And I know people who do that for Lent um, and it, the psychology is, is sound. I mean, people do say, you know, they, they find themselves using their phone less. But, um, yeah, I. I I again, I get Apple like, no, no, our phone is too too beautiful to make it grayscale all the time. Yeah, no, no. Uh, but no, I I kind of I kind of would, wouldn't mind having that ability. Um, I think Android and uh, iOS also have screen time settings, which allow yes. you to monitor how much you use your phone and what apps you're using and that sort of thing. Um, I don't dare look at it myself. It is <laughs> the way it is. Yeah, you should bring that up. During confession, bring up your screen time. (laughs) Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been three weeks since my last confession. My screen time is eight hours a a day. (laughs) My my Twitter screen Twitter screen time is six hours. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like on. uh, I know uh, Steam does it, but also on the Switch, they they kind of give you an idea of how much time you've played a game. And I think on the Switch, it kind of maxes out at two hundred fifty hours. And so my Breath of the Wild save currently has uh, over 250 <laughs> hours on it. I don't know how many. <laughs> the Steam Deck's playtime is, um, yeah, it's just a party killer feature, I think. It, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my Civ 6 uh, time on Steam on the Steam is uh, over 2,000 hours at this point. Yeah. But I have to, I have to admit. There are times when I leave the game open. Well, you know, when it's I go to have dinner yeah. and come back two hours later to keep playing. But yeah. I've done that. So let's talk about focus modes and not about my addiction to gaming. Uh, and uh, I want to kind of throw out some tips for the ways I use focus mode. Now, I know there are people out there who are religious about focus modes uh, that 
their phone is always in a focus mode of one kind or another. You know, it's, mm. they have it in the personal mode when they're not working and no personal stuff, work stuff can ever get through to the personal mode. And, you know, it's very, very regimented. I, I'm not that, you know, I, I like to be able to hear from my fellow podcasters at times because I'm friends with them in addition to working with them. And so it's this, the lines are not so clearly drawn for me anyway. So, um, I have a focus mode called mass that I have, uh, that I use. Uh, and this was because I was always, you know, worried at mass that my phone would ring. Someone would call me or I'd get a, a, you know, a ding because I, some stupid game wants me to play or something along those lines. So I decided as a lay person, this, this one will work better uh, for, for clergy, for people who work in the church, the, the, you might need to adjust a little bit, but as a lay person, I have my this focus mode, so it basically it blocks everything. Um, no people are allowed to get through. No apps are allowed to notify me. Zero. Um, okay, and then what? Ha- and it comes on when I I have it turn on when I'm at the location of my parish church. So uh, now, oh, cool. Yeah, you can only do one location, which is a kind of annoying. I would like to because sometimes, uh, you know, if I'm at, if I'm scout camping, we go to the late mass at a different church and that sort of thing. So it, it's kind of annoying that I can't say when I'm at this church, this church or this church, it would be nice. But whenever I get within range and usually it's the property, you know, if I if I'm in the parking lot, it's close enough and I will get no notifications and what's nice is with the Apple Watch, I can set a I can set a custom icon for that focus mode, and I can look at my watch, and I can see at the very top a little icon that shows me which focus mode I'm in, so I can be assured that I'm in the correct focus mode, and my and I will not be getting notifications when I'm uh, at mass. So uh, I really like that. That's really nice. Uh, I do. Uh, I, th- I have not done so, but I think I'm going to set up a custom home screen that has like prayer and mass reading apps like iBravery. And I, I like to take notes during the homily. So maybe the notes app or drafts is what I use for notes, something along those lines. Um, so, but that, that's one thing I like to use. I, I, I suppose for clergy, you, you could still use the focus mode. You just want to uh, maybe use a schedule. So if you know the mass schedule that you're going to be celebrating and maybe just change what notifications you'll, you can get. Exactly. That's what I do. So I have my um, ma- my mass schedule set up of the focus mode of my phone. Um, and I have a contact. We have an emergency line and the way it's set up is that the emergency line forwards and calls to me. So the emergency line number is always what shows. Um, and so that number um, can always get through for notifications. I just have to remember to keep my phone on vibrate. Right. That's the big one. That's the big one. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so consider that, folks. That's a, that's a interesting way of doing it. So if I and so it works even if I'm not at mass, if I'm going to confession, you know, I'm not going to get buzzed while I'm in confession or whatever it is I'm doing at church. Um, you know, if I'm at church for other things all the time, that might not work the same way you know if i if i go to meetings at the church you know on wednesday nights i mean i may not want to get you know interrupted in the meeting maybe but i have to remember that that mode is there so that if i'm if i'm expecting a call or a notification i'm not like why didn't i get it oh that's right i was at the church one of my complaints about the focus mode and how it ties together um is that at least for me on my Mac, um, when I'm in focus mode, it grays out the clock, which makes it mm. for these um, aging eyes um, hard to see. That's weird because uh, so I'm in a focus mode right now, and I'll talk about that one in a second. And Mike, I, I don't see any difference in the clock. I suppose there must be a setting somewhere for that. Are you dark mode or are you light mode on your? Oh, light mode. My eyes can't stand dark mode. Oh, okay. So maybe I have to um, sacrifice my dark mode. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that could be it. Um. <laughs> one, one thing I love doing is turning on high contrast, like some of the go to the accessibility and turn on some of like the high contrast where it just makes everything like black and white. 
mm-hmm. and it makes me feel like I'm like in the 80s or something. It's really <laughs> I want, cool. I want the green, the phosphor green. That yeah. would be it'd take me back to uh, Jurassic Park. Or I feel like you're using IBM XT. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, there you just go. Dumb, the dumb terminal phone. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so and that uh, brings up another point: is, is because my the my my phone, my iPad, my watch, my Mac are all tied to my iCloud account. When I set a focus mode in one, the focus mode is active in all. So that's something mm. to keep in mind. Um, when I'm at church, my Mac is not making noises at home, but it doesn't matter since nobody's here. So that's that's fine. So another focus mode that I've set up is called podcasting. Now, obviously, it doesn't matter if most people aren't podcasters, but you could think of it as like VIP meeting mode. If you ever have meetings where some people need to be able to get through to you in extreme circumstances. But again, and, and it doesn't matter if most notifications come through because they, they, they won't be auditory. So that would be fine. So this is um, so it's any activity where you must not be disturbed. Only allow people who will only call in dire circumstances. Um, so what it, with this one, I have it set so that I can be notified by people I podcast with like Victor and father Joseph, if you, you know, if you could, if we got disconnected, I want you to be able to contact me if you're having trouble getting back into the podcast. Uh, my wife, obviously. Um, I also have it set so that um, I can, if someone calls twice in succession mm-hmm. fairly ra- rapidly, that's a you. That's a good indicator that there's something really wrong, and so they can get through it. I've let my family know that, and that'll also get through my sleep mode at night, so that because my phone is by my bed. So if um someone in my family is, you know, trying to get a hold of me in the middle of the night, they know call call, hang up, call again right away, and we'll get through. So that's a that's a good thing to to know. Um, and then I also allow notifications from certain apps that I need. Like for, for instance, in this one, I want notifications from my, you know, audio recording app and, you know, that sort of thing. There's not many that I allow, but, uh, but there's a few. Um, so I think that's it for that one. There's, um, there's a kids on my device mode and you might want to think about this. So my, uh, I sometimes lend out my iPad to one of my kids. They can either do Khan Academy on it, uh, which is a math, they do math and they like to use my iPad because they can use the pencil to do the math problems, which is really uh, useful. Um, or some parents let their kids play a game, you know, to distract them on their phone. But you don't want them interacting with your notifications, say, from work and stuff. So you can set up a mode where, you know, as you hand it to your kid, you set the focus mode to, uh, you know, mine's called Isabella does math, but it could be anything. And um, it will set... I set it to allow notifications from a larger pool of people because I want, you know, I want to, if I'm on my computer, I still want those notifications to be coming in, but it restricts it a little more than normal, uh, than, than the, the, uh, the completely open mode. Um, so. Have you ever used the single app mode with the iPad? Yes. The, it, the, uh, guided access is, uh, what they call it. Yep. It was when the kids were younger. I would do that. So it, it it's a it's a really nice mode where it requires three. Well, I don't know what it is. Three clicks of the of the button. At the time, it was when I had an iPad with a home button. So I'm not sure exactly what it is now. But it's probably three clicks of a of a button, and it puts it into a mode where you can't get out of it unless you know the secret click 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 and passcode to to uh, turn off the the mode. And that means because they would. I remember the kids would like be playing a game and they'd swipe out of the game, you know, cause they were they're playing so hard. And luckily they would be like, dad, you are in whatever your e- email or something. And they come running with the, uh, the iPad. So yeah, yeah. The, for, especially for younger kids, that's a, that's a good mode to uh, be aware of. But yeah. Uh, what like the big one I want is to block like news notifications from news apps. I don't want them to having to, you know, see good Lord, what they consider breaking news these days. I don't want them to have to see Kardashian headlines. I would just as a general rule, turn off notification from news apps in general. I probably should just because yeah. I, it's almost always something dumb. And if something really if big it happens in the leads, world, right. I mean, yeah. 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 If, if, if Putin does the unthinkable, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll know. Someone will let me know. <laughs> right. So, um, then and then, like I said, there's the driving focus mode for me, th- that one, 
I can receive calls from people on my favorites list because of iPhone iOS can let you can set up people who you're on your favorites. And that's mostly my family and Jimmy Aiken, because Jimmy needs to be able to get through because we have very important business often to talk about with mysterious world. And uh, so I, I let him through and uh, uh, I also have auto reply for messages for, but only for people on my favorites list. Uh, I don't want everyone to know I'm out driving and, you know, any random person who, text my number um, but if someone sends me a text it will say you know i'm i'm driving right now and in focus mode and i'll i'll, I'll contact you when i'm available uh so we have a um i have a priest friend who when he's in a group chat we joke that we always have a record of when he's driving because his yeah, focus <laughs> mode. phone often will tell all of us <laughs> yeah i'm currently driving I have a uh, Android Auto on my car, and I seriously can't. I can't even remember what I used to do without it because texts, you know, and everything come up. You just tap the screen; it reads it to you. You just, you know, reply with your voice and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just like revolutionized the like in in car, like infotainment experience. Right. Yes. Um. And so with the do not disturb mode, you can also have that set up then for when you're driving that if you connect to your bluetooth mode on your phone um if auto place or the carplay um, carplay starts right that um when that happens it's going to automatically activate that mode for you which yeah, is nice that is very nice i think it also does it when you're in a high speed of motion i haven't noticed that because i've been a passenger and i've never had it go on that way so you there might be a, an additional option you have to uh turn you have to turn on in your phone because i've never had it just come on when i'm in the passenger seat and my wife's driving uh so th- th- that would be interesting um i don't know that i would want that i just because i like beyond when i'm when i'm driving and my phone's connected to the bluetooth but not otherwise that would be i think the way to do it yeah my car doesn't have carplay so it's all it it relies purely on bluetooth and let me tell you having the bluetooth phone controls in the steering wheel so i can pick up and talk and hang up from there that is awesome although i always every time i panic like which is the right button which because i don't use it enough to have it just muscle memory so i'm like i have hung up on people accidentally before does yours at least have an activation for siri on the steering wheel or no no it doesn't i have to call out but um yeah that's really nice when you're able to hit a button for siri yeah i'm gonna uh my yeah, my car, my um, we have two cars. We have a, a Honda Civic, and then we have a Ford Transit, and neither one have uh, CarPlay. Um, the 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 Civic has the Bluetooth that co- that connects automatically. Although every time, every time it connects to my wife's phone, I'm in the car driving away. My wife's phone is you know on the kitchen counter, but it wants to connect to her phone. I don't know why, but uh, except. When I'm at sitting at my desk and my wife is going somewhere, I'll be listening to a podcast and suddenly it will cut off. And I'm like, wait, what happened to my podcast? It's playing on the car's Bluetooth. Yeah, it's that Bluetooth. I hate Bluetooth. Bluetooth is is the worst thing out there that we have, but that's all we have. So, uh, so I, I am looking forward to someday getting CarPlay and getting around all of that. So um, any other uh, tips on using focus modes uh, on your devices? I'm just going to have to give it a try. Like I've never, you know, I've been using smartphones for a while. It just, you know, I've never tried it. And I think uh, after this, I'll definitely give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. Give, give it a shot. You know, set up a simple one, like the mass time focus mode or something like that and see how it works for you. It's, it's not, it's not something I want all the time or even most of the time, but there are for me, very specific times when it's, when it's invaluable. So uh, like I used to, before the automated focus modes for like, I have it set up. So whenever I turn on my podcasting software, it, it also, I have an automation that turns on the focus mode, the podcasting focus mode on my, uh, all my devices, including do not disturb and turns down the, the uh, external speakers and all that sort of stuff. So that I really just, it's, just quiet. The only thing I can't automate is the Amazon Echo 
that I have to manually mute. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. that's a, another conversation. Yeah, I was doing something similar. I had these uh, RFID tags, and I would I set up automation through my phone that when I scanned an RFID tag, it would, you know, mute my notifications and do all sorts of yeah. cool things. So. We ought to do an episode where we talk about RFID tags because I've I've mm-hmm. um, iPhones can do it too. They and uh, I I've tried to to do it. I think I need better tags because it's been so hit or miss for me. Uh, yeah, the, you can get really cheap tags that are just basically stickers, but I think I need something a little better than what I got before because I had one where um, I wanted an automation that I could run when I sat down at my spot at the dinner table. Uh, I could just put my <laughs> phone on it. And it would, yeah. you know, mute things and, you know, change things like that. Yeah. I, I, my, my long suffering wife is very patient with me. <laughs> <laughs> so excellent. So folks, if you have any tips on using focus modes or you have any questions about focus modes, we'd be happy to entertain them. And you can let us know by sending an email to technology at sqpn.com. So before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including the W family, Jim B, Simon R, Gregory F, and Emily W. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So uh, we have some headlines we'd like to talk about, and uh, it being the fall product season, uh, everyone's trying to get their new stuff out ahead of uh, the Christmas shopping season. Amazon had an event recently where they announced a whole bunch of stuff. And the uh, so there's uh, let me pull up the list here. There are new um, Echoes. There are new uh, Ring and Blink security products, a new Fire TV and a couple other things, a new Kindle and that sort of thing. So let's just talk about some of the ones that they came out with. There is the a new, like the Echo, the Amazon Echoes have really proliferated like tribbles, all different kinds. And, um, you know, some with screens, some without uh, ones meant for kids with, you know, special designs. Um, what do you all think would... You know, father, you don't have kids, obviously, but but if you did have kids or Victor with your kids, would you yeah. put an echo in your kids room? Yeah, I mean, I have, uh, you know, I, it's nothing I feel great about, but it is handy when you can just drop in on them when it's time for dinner or do announcements yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're they, they're set up with the kids account. We have, a, you know, the kids playtime or or whatever it's called, free time subscription mm-hmm. for them because they have Kindle tablets as well. And it gives them access to all the kids apps. And so they can, you know, listen to stories and do other things. Um, you know, since our nine-year-old has dis- discovered public radio, that's all he wants to listen to now on his radio <laughs> <laughs> at night. But, but uh, yeah, I, I do like the uh, the echoes. They have like the little uh, like display on them that can display the time and even cooler like the temperature um, okay. on them as well. So, so that that part is nice. Um, yeah, Amazon Tech is it's something that's hard to get excited for because it's basically there to help you consume more Amazon product. Right. So it's kind of like it's there's just this whole functional thing to it and the design is just kind of secondary like okay, so this will let me, you know, listen to my Amazon music better or, you know, find out what the weather is better. You know, it's it's hard to really get super excited about it because it's basically just a gateway to a very, you know, narrow you know, my Kindle library, my Amazon music library, that, that right. sort of thing. So you don't want your 6 a.m. notification to let you know that Amazon is indeed starting their second prime day. Oh, no. <laughs> Does oh. yours do that or that really happened? Oh, no. I, I woke up in the morning <clears throat> and after I dismiss my alarm, the yellow light comes on and says, this is a reminder of the Amazon <laughs> special access day or whatever it was called i have i have the notifications silenced, so i have to specifically ask for it to give me the my notifications but it drives me crazy when i like to say you know hey echo set a timer for 20 minutes and says ding by the way no 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 yeah. by the way be quiet now i i don't want your by the way oh man there was a time i was 
Oh, I was, I don't know. I was upset with the kids for something or other that they'd done. And I told Echo to set a timer or something like that. And it's, it's, it does this, by the way, I'm like, uh, read the room, Echo. Shut up. (laughs) I was really dead. (laughs) The new one comes with a built-in accelerometer though. So at least now it'll know when you're throwing it across the room. (laughs) Yeah. But you know about the the hard your when you're coming about the hardware like I still have an ancient one of those long tall you know oh, yeah. echoes in the kitchen I mean I've, it's like six years old I have not not felt a need to replace it it do, continues we, to work that's my bedside one yeah yeah eight, eight years old before they were even available to the general public Amazon sent us uh, a note saying hey we're coming out with this thing called an echo and because you have spent like way too much money with us. Would you like to be one of the first people to try it out? And I was like, sure. Why not? Yeah. And I, I was just blown away with it. This is like 2014. Yeah. You know? So uh, yeah, I've got uh, an Amazon tap that I have in my room, which was an, uh, a very early portable one. It's got a battery in it. Yeah. I'm kind of disappointed that they did away with that one, but they wanted to always be listening or something, I guess. Cause that, that was the idea that you could hit the button. Right. And have it, it only activate it only yeah. yeah it will only listen to a voice command when you hit the button and that's that's why it's in my bedroom because well as far as i know as far as they've told us that's the only time it's actually listening uh so the the new products we were going to talk about is so they have a new echo dot and they have these cute little ball shape now which, which is kind of nice um and one of them has a, as you mentioned uh, victor the a clock like a like a digital clock on the front that gives you uh you know the the, the time obviously uh and one of them has a new um temperature sensor at least one of them does that you can set it up to like say turn on a smart fan if the room's too warm or that sort of thing so uh that's kind of kind of a nice little feature i'm not sure i mean it's very specific i mean if i need a fan i usually know i need a fan and it's on already i I, you know or i have fans that come on with uh time you know uh, automations like timer automations yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean it's i mean I, i i could find a use for a sensor if i could expose that to um, say a home automation server, which will come up later. Uh, but that that it's kind of interesting. I'm sure Amazon is getting a lot more value out of that thermometer than than you ever will. Yes. Well, that's the thing is they're 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 reading the room, shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the other thing that's interesting is this, you know Amazon owns the Eero, which is the mesh Wi-Fi system, and they're now building the Eero extender stuff into their dots. So you don't have to buy more Eero extenders if you have dots around your house. So that's um, an interesting additional feature. If my um, parents are listening, I'll ask them to plug their ears now. Um, <laughs> not for bad reasons, um, but they have an Eero in their home, and this is a good solution um, for a future Christmas gift episode, maybe, um, of a way to extend the Wi-Fi in their house for a very mm. affordable yep. rate. I also like the idea that they're adding spatial audio. To, to the higher end ones, the two hundred dollar smart speakers, um, I'm I'm not sure that it would be something I would want necessarily. I mean, but um, it's kind of nice if that's something you're looking for. Uh, I I I have HomePods that I listen to music on. That's what I kind of prefer, um, and they sound pretty good. But and then Echo Auto, I have no idea why I would want an Echo in my car. I everyone has a phone, so I, it's you're not it. I, it, like you said, we you get you know Siri, we got uh, or you get uh, Google. Well, I don't know why I need an Echo in my car. That just it, it still baffles my baffles me. They have to let you know about Prime Day from your car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, I see you're driving somewhere. Did you know it's Prime Day? <laughs> <laughs> so um, then they talk about some new Ring cameras. Um, I'm I've been a longtime Ring user back before they were owned by Amazon. I'm not sure if I was starting out today, I would get Ring cameras. But I might, maybe I would. I don't know. There hasn't been a lot that's really excited me that they've had recently. Again, Victor, as you said, like they're they don't seem to be all about the hardware. They seem to be more about how can this connect into their e- ecosystem. Um, yeah. What's the difference between Ring and Blink? It seems to be the same product to me, but I don't see a difference. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't see a difference myself. Um, there's, 
one seems cheaper than the other, so I'm going to guess that the hardware in the Blink isn't as good, or maybe the software is less featured. I think that's that's what it is, is the Blink is, it doesn't have um, all of the smarts that the Ring cameras have. Like, the Ring cameras have, you know, they, they alert when someone enters the you know the specific area it can send you an alert it can send you the like it's just it's on or off the blink i mean it's like this is the video you know that sort of thing it's kind of, it's like the wise cameras um so yeah. it's 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 the le- it's the the lower end products uh um line so yeah and then um aside from that this new amazon fire tv stuff do you guys I had an Amazon Fire TV stick ages ago, but I have you know Amazon Prime Video built into my Apple TV. I I don't. Uh, it yeah, it's on my Roku. Me. Yeah, yeah. I switched to Roku, um, and early I was not impressed with Roku. Roku, the latest iterations have been much better. Um, mm. I few years back I bought my dad a. Um, the full fire TV. So it's one of the TVs that has that built in and he really likes that. Um, and on top of it, it was like mid hundred dollars on prime day. <laughs> so, uh, and then in addition to the, the TVs, uh, there are, um, a new Kindle called scribe, which the big thing about this one seems to be that it comes with a, uh, a pen, a pen, a pencil uh, that lets you make notes on the screen, which would be awesome if you could highlight and write right on the text. But all it does is it pulls up a little blank post-it note sort yeah. of area that then goes away. Like, I no, no, I want to, like, be able to write on the page, like in a book that I mean, I can I can highlight in the Kindle app on an iPad. I can use my pen pencil there, but I want to, like, write notes right on the screen. But that's they could it. add Clippy to it yeah, <laughs> yeah. clippy says did you know it's <laughs> yeah. amazon prime a... day yeah and th- that and the fact that this latest kindle is like 340 dollars, which is you know the cost of you know the the upgraded switch at that point and and you're buying a kindle so that you can buy ebooks from amazon which often <laughs> cost more than the print version too and yeah it's just I, I think that they should be underwriting. If it's, you know, if it's a device that's geared for, you know, a certain platform, they should be underwriting, you know, some of the cost of it as well and not charging $340 for yeah. an e-reader. It's about the same price as there's a higher end product than theirs and probably better um, called the Remarkable. Um, and that, yeah. Yeah. And it looks like they copied off of that. But you can't just buy like an Android tablet or a base like a couple years old iPad for three hundred well, bucks, and well, yeah, you can buy an iPad for three forty nine. I mean, that's one, yeah. like one of the one of the a brand new iPad for three forty nine. So you know, and it's in color. <laughs> yeah, and, and your Apple pencil for about ninety 70, bucks. Seventy nine is I think you can get one for for the 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 three forty nine iPad. But yeah, like. Yeah, I look at like the the scribe or the Kindle Oasis is another one, and I'm thinking I I, I look at these and I don't really need that. I have a a, a basic Kindle Paperwhite does it for me. I yeah, yeah. I just needed to do the basic thing. I, I, I there are things I like about the Oasis, which is uh, it's waterproof and that it's got a mechanical button to turn the pages. I'd, I'd like a mechanical button. But other than that, it's like I'm not going to pay another hundred bucks for that or whatever it is. Um, yeah, like you said earlier, Victor, it's just that their their hardware doesn't excite. It doesn't drive me to want to buy another product from them. But if you need a twenty five or thirty dollar tablet for your kids, like oh, the Kindle yeah. Fire is there on Prime Day or Black Friday, and yeah, yeah. If Jeff Bezos went on a stage and wore a black turtleneck, would it excite you? No, if, if if Steve Jobs got up there and sold it to me, then I might be excited by it. Um, 
So that would be an episode of Mysterious World. Yes. And speaking of Steve Jobs, one more thing. The Halo Rise. uh, It's an alarm clock, a sleep tracker, and a wake up light. An alarm clock, a sleep. Sorry, I'm doing the Steve Jobs iPhone announcement. Um, So it's called the Halo Rise. And it's this light that kind of looks like a like a ring light a bit. um, And it has a, a it's an alarm clock that tracks your sleep using radar it doesn't use any type of um device that's attached to your bed or anything like that and it tracks your sleep and when you are in the ideal phase of sleep you know your different sleep phases REM sleep and delta I don't know all the different phases and if you're in the when you're in the one that's good to wake up from which I don't remember it's that's when it will wake you up within that window like wake me up between this time and this time and you know when when I'm you know, when it's a good time to wake me up. And then the light turns on gradually getting brighter and brighter. Um, a lot of times these things like these are made for single people. My wife would kill me if I got an alarm <laughs> clock that had a light. I know Hold people on. who swear by their Phillips smart, smart sleeps because they like gradually wake you up with light yeah. that simulates the rising of the sun and stuff. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think if it woke me up before, like I was supposed to wake up, I would just be really upset and hit snooze. Like, right. I get that enough now. A <laughs> hundred fifty dollar alarm clock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people get disposable income, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what it, that's uh, some stuff that Amazon has uh, their their new products. If you know, if, if folks are are you interested in any of the, any of these? Did anything excite you? Let me know. You know, send us an email technology at sqpn dot com. Um, I, I, you know the echoes. You know, I may get a new echo at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, you know I like the idea of uh, better sound and you know I've been toying with ones for the kids but our house is small I don't like I can I'm Italian I can yell across the house <laughs> much better than dropping in via the uh the the echo so uh, yeah that's pretty much it when you need a new echo you know that Amazon will have one to sell you yeah that's kind of it that and yeah. that and a Kindle yep. and Alexa will let you know that you need <laughs> yeah. a new echo yeah, yes yes you will so um, another headline today uh, the, that I wanted to talk about is the, it's a blog, a series of blog posts, a couple of blog posts from this professor who talks about being part of the uh, Global Traveler Program. And this is a program where for when you travel in and out of the country, the United States, uh, you can be in the Global global Traveler Program that lets you kind of skip some of the customs lines. Um, and so he writes, his name's Ken Perlin. It's a computer science professor. He says, uh, recently I was traveling internationally. I have the Global Traveler option. So I could just go to a machine, put in my passport, put my face in front of a camera, get a piece of paper to hand to the immigration officer. But I was really tired from this flight, so I forgot to put my passport into the slot. I just posed for the camera, and it worked. The paper came out saying I was me. I handed it to the immigration officer. I was done. It seems my photo was enough to identify me. Apparently, sticking your passport into the slot is theater. Your government can already tell who you are just from analyzing a photo of you, and they'll let you into the country on that basis. And then he had a second blog post where he talked about why this is a bad thing. But what do you guys think of this? This, yeah, you know, I mean, it sounds exactly surprising, right? I've 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 heard from people that they just show up at like the customs and immigration. And they say, "Oh, hello, Mister So and So, come right in," you know, without them doing anything at all. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're to that point where if you step into a public place, you're aware that you can be identified. My mind goes to um, the benefits of this. Now, I don't like the privacy of it, but there could be a benefit of it that, um, especially with zero password stuff, um, that there's a more secure way um, to give two-factor authentication or whatever to make sure that um, banking accounts or whatnot are secure. I'd rather make sure I'm opting into that and not... um, being thrown into that right i mean we got we kind of already do that with face id and touch id and that sort of stuff where you know we use our face or our fingerprint as a second factor so we're already although face id is probably it's much less 
um, stringent than this probably is in, in facial recognition. I would think that the government program is using a much higher degree of recognition matching. I would hope. I would hope <laughs> that may be just a uh, you know my my uh, pie in the sky hoping. Um, but he does talk about you know the problems with this is like as a professor. Wow, I could have every student's information you know, right in front of me, I look at them and have all this information could pop up on the, the my glasses about them. And he's like, that's terrifying to think about that sort of thing that we could do that. What, how would that change our society? And uh, I kind of agree. I mean, I like the idea of I'm terrible at remembering names. So I like the idea of having people's names to show up, you know, as I'm looking at them, that would, you know, save a lot of awkward social things, but it also, I don't know. I just, there are lots of ways it could be abused. I don't want to see their Instagram feed. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was one of the big, um, like, you know, problems people had with Google Glass when that was going around is that the idea, like, somebody could be looking at me and, like, taking pictures of me and doing facial recognition on me, and I wouldn't even know it because it's not the same as, like, holding up a phone, you know, to me. But now people hold up phones. There was a story circulating on Twitter a couple of days ago where... I forget which baseball stadium it was in Canada, but, you know, someone was sitting and the person in front of them was holding their phone up and taking pictures of the people in the stands across the stadium, pulling them up in a facial recognition program. Names would appear. Oh, wow. And then ha- halfway through the first, you know, well, I guess I don't know what it was, but, you know, halfway through the game, the guy just got up and left, you know, so obviously oh, wow. got what he needed. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that technology is accessible to, to anyone. So you have to just assume anytime you're out in public. You know, people, people know you're there. Scary, scary dystopian future. Well, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be scary. That's the thing. It, yeah. it, it, it all depends on how much we, you know, we make our, our politicians aware of what we want from it. What kind of companies that we do business with individually. Do we insist that we only work with companies that respect privacy to a greater degree than others? That sort of thing. And if, and, and that can make a difference. Could this be a way, um, I don't agree with this the moment I say it, but could this be a way around the politics of voter ID? It never would. Yeah, you mean instead of ask, having to ask people for their identification, just IDing them as by, they... By pictures oh, of them. So you have a no. camera right there. Um, I The moment I say it, my yeah. stomach's in knots. But Well, it's just the politics that don't change a, a bit because it's still people would claim that it's still um, profiling. And, then, you know, facial recognition we've talked about before is notoriously bad at uh, with people who are not white. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. any type of darker skin tone or other skin tones, whether it's Asian, uh, Hispanic, um the the um southwest asian you know subcontinent of india or pakistan that area i mean african american obviously you know all of those things they all work worse in facial recognition so it's it's i, I don't know i mean there's a lot of reasons why that would still be a problem i think but it's one of those politically where you know people on one side of the aisle would say oh you object you object to this technology but what if we used it for this thing that you are in favor of then wouldn't you be in favor of this technology Right. You know, so you have to either be opposed to it in principle. Yeah. Or or not. Yeah. So our last headline uh, is that United Airlines is planning to buy up to 500 electric flying taxis. And it's I'm kind of interested in this because, you know, what what is what is it that they're going to use this for? I mean, it's basically they talk about these. They would have like a, a relatively short a range uh what was it again 60 miles yeah so we're talking about flying people from either between very close suburban uh, urban areas like new york to newark or from within the big city to suburbs there's only one use case for this and um you know if, if you look into it and this is why airlines are so interested in it is to fly people from a city center to an airport mm-hmm. so they don't have to spend 45 minutes in a limo or a metro car or whatever, driving to an airport. Right. I could I could see also, um, so for example, um, in Nebraska, you have Lincoln and Omaha. Um, the Omaha airport is bigger than the Lincoln airport. Um, and so you'd be able to do a shorter flight without 
using a full-size plane. Is it, yeah, I mean, it's 60 miles, so it's um, not – Is it, it, I mean, yeah. it would have to be a fairly close close airports. But, yeah, I mean, like, it, like I look at Boston, I think you could probably go from Boston to Worcester, which has got an airport, a regional, smaller regional airport, maybe Boston to Providence's TF Green. I don't know if you can get all the way to Manchester. That might be more than 60 miles. But it might, you, might, you know, that's the sort of thing is, is like – it's this these hopping these regional areas, but or like you said, Victor, bringing people to the airport from the yeah. city. The entire business case is I don't want to spend 45 minutes to an hour stuck in traffic trying to get to the airport. I want to spend five hundred dollars or, you know, two hundred fifty dollars and, you know, go to a much closer, you know, one of these temporary helipads or whatever. And they just zip me right to the airport. I mean, that's what if they do I'm, now, right? Helicopters. That's what yeah. are, are used for this. Yeah. yeah. If American Airlines wants to donate one to my parishes, um, it's my furthest parish is about 45 miles. So that, I mean, it would be pretty <laughs> nice if so. I know the American Airlines execs listen to our podcast. Sure. So. Father Corey up in Montana probably wouldn't mind having one of these too. <laughs> yeah. So Awesome. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, they've been promising these, uh, you know, air cars or whatever for ages and ages. I'll be curious to see if this ever if it ever happens, you know, in a, in a short time frame. I mean, I think inevitably this sort of thing will happen. But um, how quickly is really the question? George Jetson was just born this year, though. So we got that's right. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So uh, that does it for our headlines. Let's move on to our picks of the week. Father, what is your pick this week? My pick for this week um, kind of hits with um, our references to home automation earlier. Um, it's called Home Assistant. Um, it is, you guessed it, open sourced and running on Linux. Um, and it primarily runs on a Raspberry Pi. I believe you can run it on a few other. Um, you can run it on the, in, like, in, in a Docker um, instance on, on like a NAS, like a Synology NAS yeah. and that sort of thing. And they Actually, also have hardware. You can um, you can also do it on a virtual machine and things like that. So, right. but the the easiest use case of it would be on a Raspberry Pi. Um, so I have set this up in my rectory, um, and we have um, the Lutron switches running, um, the Caseta ones, um, and several. Um, the singlet, singlet LED lights, and just a lot of different random things that are different producers. Um, and they boast having, I think, over a thousand different integrations um, that you can set up. Over 2,000, yeah. Over 2,000. Yeah. Um, and so it really becomes like a local um, if this, then that protocols, too. So once you get them all set up, you can have one hub where all your devices are, um, but you can also do things of automated. So I have set up that my um, Echo B thermostat sensor in my room, when it has been away um, or unoccupied for more than 30 minutes, all my room lights get turned off. Um, and that wouldn't be possible without um, some link tied between them. Um, other things is I have it set. Um, this is a really in cool way to do things. You can set conditions when you set those. If then this, then that. Um, and so the conditions I have set is like after 10 p.m. When I hit the living room switch off, it will turn off all the lights in the main living area, dining room, kitchen, and turn off my TV. Um, and so we can have all those linked together so that they do that. Um, and just a lot of fun things that you can tie things together um, and really bring home automation and break yourself out of being tied to one atmosphere or right. having to use an Alexa for everything. Right. The big thing is, is that it, it bridges all the different protocols. So like ed, anything that does home automation, do, you know, that that's in network connected uh, there is, or smart home stuff that's network connected 
can be connected basically through this. And so, and yeah. stuff that usually you can't get to work together, it's all here. And I have mine, um, it's able to emulate, oh, what are those called? The Phillips Hue. Yeah, the Phillips Hue. Bridges. Yeah. Yep, the hub, yep. Yep, and it's able to emulate that, to act like it's one of those. And that allows you to um, tie that into the Amazon Echo. Um, also, though, you can do a paid subscription through their cloud service that um, you can have some more integration with different cloud providers. Um, I don't do that because my whole point of it was that I wanted to tie everything into a open source, non-subscription um, methods and stuff. So, Yeah, I've been using Home Assistant for about three years. And once you get it set up, it runs really well. But there is a lot of like poking around on GitHub and in the wiki pages to get things set up. Um, what I found is I've been using actually Samsung SmartThings before it was Samsung. A SmartThings hub I've been using now for eight years. And that does a lot of the same things, a lot of the same integration. So if you're someone who just wants to, you know, do everything through a phone app, you might look at Samsung SmartThings. But if you're someone who wants to, you know, install integrations and dive into config files and stuff. I think Home Assistant might be uh, more for you. There's a really good home app now and um, the a telephone app um, and they've made it a lot better that you don't have to yeah. do as much as the config yeah. file stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They'll have to do yeah, some of it. Yeah, and then when yeah. your Raspberry Pi crashes and corrupts the SD card, you better hope that you have a backup of the uh, a snapshot of the config. Otherwise, you're starting from <laughs> scratch. Yes, yeah. and um, also but downside right now is Raspberry Pis are yeah. part of the hardware shortage. Rare as hen's teeth, I think, is the yeah. word you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. I know I have a Raspberry Pi myself, but I'm running Homebridge, which is similar. Not not exactly yeah. this robust, uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really a lot of fun. I, it's kind of techy. It's not for everyone. So uh, the, just say that up front. But yeah, it's this sort of thing can be really fun. They're selling a uh, hardware thing too though you can get the the home assistant yellow which is like a, a box with it pre-installed uh the the software pre-installed on it and so that might be another route for those who don't want to go you know the the do-it-yourself bootstrap route yeah and it requires at least a pi 3 um or pi 4 um i tried to do a pi 0 with it and she got really warm (laughs) you used to have a cool way that you could um turn on a uh, fan that's connected to the gpio pins um Mm -hmm. there was a really cool integration for that when the temperature went above a certain thing but then one of the later one of the most recent updates turned that off and i haven't figured out how to get that going again i do have mine set up with sensors with my echo b that when it gives above a certain temperature in my room it does turn on the fan so Mm -hmm. yeah nice Excellent. Uh, Victor, what's your pick this week? Yeah, my pick is something I've, I I just got it, so I can't comment on the long-term durability, but it's called a cable card, cable with a K, C, or card with a C, that rhymes with P, and that stands for pretty neat. Um, it's a little <laughs> device that's about the size of a credit card. It's, it's about as thick as maybe three credit cards. And inside of this thing is a USB-C to USB-C cable, um, adapters, USB-A to USB-C, USB micro to USB-C, lightning to USB-C. So basically within this one credit card size device, you have uh, basically a cable that can connect to just about anything. And also it has uh, an SD card reader so that whatever device you connect the, the USB cable to can read SD cards. It doubles as a phone stand, um, wireless charger for when you have your phone resting on the phone stand. And there's even a little ambient light so that if you're watching movies on your phone, you have a little backlight for it there. So if you, this is like perfect for throwing in your pocket or your purse or your bug out bag or whatever. And you have basically every kind of connectivity that you might need for your phone, um, to pair it with a, you know, a USB, you know, power pack, a battery, and uh, you're good to go. But again, like I said, I haven't, I haven't really done durability tests on this i haven't like sat on it for example but (laughs) yeah so i I don't know how to hold up it's 
It's a little pricey, I think, for what it is. A uh, bunch of cables and adapters. It's about $36. There are knockoffs that lose the uh, wireless charging light and SD card reader that are about half that much. But um, yeah, if you've ever like found yourself saying, I don't have the right cable with me, I wish I could read this SD card, or why can't I watch movies on my phone with a backlight, this uh, might be for you. The one thing it's missing is the lightning headphone adapter. Yeah, it does not have that. Excellent. Uh, I'll put that on my Christmas list. So uh, my pick this week is an app I've been using for ages, and it's called Marked 2. And it's a it's a preview app, but it it's more than that. It, what it does is, if you write in Markdown, which is a type of uh, plain text that includes... Uh, Mark markings, a punctuation that shows uh, formatting, um, which I'll put a link in the show notes for that because you need to. I don't want to get into the everything that Markdown is, but it's really good. And I write a lot in Markdown. What it does is it works with a lot of different apps, and it will preview what the formatting should look like. Uh, once it's in a different form, whether it's HTML or rich text or, and one thing I, I really love about it is you can put your own style sheets in. So if I have like a particular website, I can import the style sheet for my blog, say, and I can write in a different uh, text editor. Like I use, I can say drafts or NV alt and it will in live real time, as I'm typing, if I have marked open as well, it will show me uh, all of what it will look like in final form on my blog uh, or, you know, whatever website. It also does things like grammar checking and, well, you know, it gives it tells you, you know, word count and um, the reading level. And there's all kinds of other writer specific features to it. It'll validate links. So if you're putting links in, it will tell you whether the links are good, um, all kinds of stuff like that. So it's a really great writing tool for anyone who writes for the web. You know, if your writing is going to end up on the web in any, any way, and you like to write in Markdown, it's really great. It's not expensive. It's You can buy it for 14 bucks. Uh, if you have Setapp, you can, it's part of the Setapp subscription. It's available in the Mac App Store. Uh, it's available also, I think it's still available as an, no, it's it's only Mac OS right now. I think it, for, the, for a time it was available on iOS, but I think he's uh, only focusing primarily on the Mac uh, now. So, um uh, it's a nice little app, and uh, you get check it out. It might uh, might fit the bill. And again, like if you have set app, it's already there. Uh, and uh, try check out Markdown. It's a really great way of uh, of writing without all the overhead of say writing in Word. So let's. Uh, I think that does it for now. We would love to hear what you think of our discussion. If you have any tips, any questions about anything we've talked about, you can comment on the show at sqpn.com/technology or at the StarQuest Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. Send an email to technology at sqpn.com. Visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord, where we're having some great tech conversations. And you'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week in our show notes at sqpn.com. Follow The Secrets of Tech wherever you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash StarQuestMedia. Uh, and uh, we'd like to thank James for his research assistance in this episode. Until next time, Victor Lambs, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Technology. Thanks, Dom. Father Joseph's son, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Thank you.